Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. News, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! Hello and welcome to another BuzzBeat, your Charlotte Hornets podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Untuck It, casual button-down shirts meant to be worn untucked. These perfect-fitting shirts are tailored for men of all shapes and sizes. This is Richie, and I'll be joined by co-host Brian and Spencer today as always. But more importantly, we're going to be bringing on Charlotte Hornets sideline reporter for Fox Sports, Ashley Shamity. Ashley, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule, and how is everything going with you? Well, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I do apologize. I have, like, this cough that I'm getting over. It's like the end of a sickness, so apologize if I'm coughing on here, but I really appreciate you guys asking me to come on. Um, Things have been going great. I can't even believe that we are almost to the halfway point of the season. I just, it feels literally like yesterday where it was the season opener, home opener, and now we're almost to game number 40, so I honestly, it just flies by and um, makes me kind of sad when it when feels like it's going so fast because I love it so much Mm -hmm. but this year has been I'm sure as you guys know great um just fun to watch these guys play and it's just been a fun year for sure yes uh, a lot of the young players are are showing some improvement uh it definitely is a fun game to watch when they got it going on certain nights but I'm gonna skip over the pleasantries with Brian and Spencer we're gonna we're gonna jump right in with Ashley and learn a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now Uh, you grew up in Georgia and then you went on to UGA, where you earned a degree in journalism. Uh, I didn't tell you this prior, Ashley, but I and you probably wouldn't have come on. But I'm I'm a big Gators fan, uh, so that <laughs> so that that conversation could be had for another time. But uh, my question to you is: How early in your life did you know that you wanted to you know this to be your profession, or was it something that you learned at UGA? Um, it was actually earlier than that. It was, uh, honestly, it sounds weird, but I can pinpoint the time. It was when I was 10 years old at an Atlanta Hawks game. Um, I just remember we used to go as a family sometimes. And, um, I remember just sitting there in awe of the sideline reporter and just thinking how cool that job would be and how, you know, waking up to be able to do that every day would be awesome. And so I was, yeah, about 10 years old. I remember turning to my mom and she remembers it too. And just saying, you know, that's something that I would love to be able to do. Um, and it's so odd because before that I wanted to deliver babies. So I don't really know when the, (laughs) I guess that was like the switch point for me, but I never changed since then. And, you know, went to, did some work in high school a little bit with video productions. But then when I was at Georgia, that was like the full blunt of it. And, and, um, majored in broadcast journalism, interned at a, at a news station and, and it's just gone from there. Well, ball got rolling in at Georgia and then here we are. <laughs> yeah. So what was the journey like between Georgia and, and Fox Sports South getting to be, you know, part of the one of 30, there are just 30 of these broadcasts in the entire NBA. 
Um, you know, were there any odd jobs along the way, you know, working in sports media, it, you're going to have to occasionally do some stuff that's, um, you know, maybe a little out of the ordinary, but just any, you know, any, you know, working weekends, working nights, anything that you thought helped get you from Georgia to the job that you have now in particular. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. Cause I knew, I mean, obviously maybe for some people, very, very few, like 1%, it happens to where they graduate college and can get a job in, even in a regional network. I knew that I had to start from the bottom, kind of work my way up. Um, at one point when I was interning at a news station, when I was still in college, I interned as a news reporter because I kind of was like, you know, if I can even just get my foot in the door in TV, on camera, doing, you know, practicing, perfecting my craft, then maybe I can make a switch to sports and go from that but honestly after that internship i covered a, a couple stories that i mean they were sad stories they were news stories and from then on i was like you know what no i'm gonna find a sports job whatever market however small and go from there because news just wasn't wasn't my niche wasn't for me and so it was after then that I was like, let me really try and find that weekend sports anchor position at a small place. And that's where I, my first job was in Meridian, Mississippi. And mm. if you've never heard of it, it's a pretty small town, right? Like 20 miles across the Alabama, Mississippi border. Um, I packed my bags and moved there after college and was the weekend sports anchor there. But it was honestly the greatest first job I could have ever had. I got to anchor five nights a week right out of college, which isn't normally a thing. And because we were so close to Alabama, we covered all the Mississippi sports, but then also Alabama football. And it was just such a great way for me to learn and, um, and just like that first initial time on TV, I mean, when I look back at those clips, I <laughs> sounded ridiculous. I yeah. was so <laughs> mousy and just not confident. And so right. that was such a good job that allowed me to build my confidence. And then I learned, you know, I, I had to shoot, edit, write everything. That's just how you have to move up in this business. And when, when people reach out to me and ask me about what I do now, it's like when I tell them how I started, they're a little bit taken aback because they don't realize that, you know, I, I didn't just like get up on TV and I didn't just read a prompter, or like put mm -hmm. some makeup on and look, you know, I, it was such a grind, but it was such a great first job. And then after Meridian, I went to Jackson, Mississippi. Um, so a little bit bigger of a market, but same covering kind of the same area. So that was great. I got to do a high school football show, a high school basketball show, um, it was just a great learning experience spending those four years in Mississippi. I mean, sports there is everything to them. And it was so, it was so great for my career to start there. Um, I would never have traded that for anything. And so after those four years, I got a job at Fox sports South back home in Atlanta and I was the digital reporter. So I covered all of our teams digitally and um, I would do some on camera work to talk about what was happening in the digital space. And so that kind of kick-started the career at Fox Sports South. And then a couple months later, they needed a Hornets host and cue me. There I was. So they knew that's what I wanted to do. And they knew that working, you know, for an NBA team was a dream of mine. So it was kind of, I think, a no-brainer on both of our parts. So. Yeah, Meridian, Mississippi, I believe that is the hometown of Rodney Hood, uh, who plays oh, for the Portland. Yes, it is. Yeah. I covered his. I would cover his basketball camp every mm -hmm. year. Yeah, 
the Rodney Hood basketball camp at Meridian High School. So um, coming full circle when I got to cover him at the at an NBA game then. So that was cool. That's cool. Basketball is a small, small world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's take a break real quick. Ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. I've got two Untuck It shirts of my own that I wear on a regular basis to work, but with the way they fit, I probably should have some more. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free, button-downs, and super soft flannels, and outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again, and their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Well, actually, I, I definitely have an appreciation for what you, what you do. When I met my wife in Charlottesville, Virginia, she was a news reporter. So I know um, I'm close to the hours that you put in, and I, it's certainly not all it's cracked up to be, which I'm sure that you experienced with an 82-game NBA season and traveling all across the country. So definitely have appreciation for what you do. But I'm curious, with Stephanie Reddy uh, being in your – the great Stephanie Reddy being in your job, before you came in, do you guys still talk? Has she been a role model to you? Has she been in, in, really an inspiration for what you want to become in this industry? Yes, absolutely. I remember when I first came here and met her and Eric and Dell, and I was just like, wow, they're all, I mean, they're all veterans. They're all such great leaders in this, um, in broadcast journalism. And so I definitely picked her brain as much as I could. Unfortunately, it was such a short time that I, I got to spend with her because I would only do home games and then she left in December. So it was basically like two months kind of, but during that two months I did definitely picked her brain and, and learned as much as I could from her. She's just such a basketball junkie. I mean, being a coach herself, she has such a different skill set than most people in this business that I just found it fascinating. And I, I think she's incredible at her job and the opportunities that she's had with TNT ever since then. Um, I love watching what she does and, I just think she's killing it. I mean, she's absolutely killing it. And yes, we definitely keep in touch. Um, she texts all of us just kind of, you know, telling us if she has like a big game coming up or if she'll be on TNT or something like that. And I see her stuff on Twitter and everything. So it was a short time that I got to spend with her, but you know, I look up to her so much because of everything that she's already accomplished, not just in broadcast journalism, but like I said, in the coaching realm and, you know, she's so knowledgeable of the sport and it's just, it's really admiring for me to see what she can do. That's awesome. And how old are you, Ashley? I'm 27. So 27 years old, getting ready to, you know, being able to take the jump and step into her shoes. I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity at a young age. So congrats to you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I, I, you know, once again, when people kind of ask how I got this job, um, it definitely was 
right timing, being at the right place at the right time. But I always want to add to that, you know, if I wasn't ready for it, they would never have asked me if they didn't think I could do it. They would have brought somebody else in somebody who's been doing it for a while who, you know, isn't brand new at being a NBA sideline reporter. So it was it was timing for sure. But it was, you know, making sure they knew that I was ready for something like this. So a little bit of a combination of both, I think. But thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we can definitely tell that you, you enjoy this job. Uh, you're fit for a job like this. But what would you say is the most difficult part of your job or something that's a little bit more time consuming that most fans wouldn't realize? Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. So I think a co- some some difficult aspects, because, of course, it looks like it is a pretty glamorous life. I mean, you're traveling with these NBA players, you go on a charter, you go to five-star hotels. Yeah. It's, it's, I've never in my life traveled like this before. I just remember last year when I first did it, I was like, what is this life? Like, I just, I couldn't even, I was flabbergasted, but you know, on the reverse of that, it's like you're away from your family for six plus months of the year. Um, it's such a different job schedule. I mean, you guys know, it's like, especially back to backs. I mean, we fly to a city and then right afterwards we get to another city at two, 3 AM sometimes, depending on the time change. And then, um, you know, I have to wake up and it takes me about two, three hours to prep before a game. Cause I do the pregame show and postgame show and just like, you know, making sure I know who we're playing and looking up their stats and all that stuff. So if we get to the hotel at like two in the morning, we'll try and get some couple hours of sleep and then I'll wake up and and do as much as I can. Back-to-backs are pretty tough. Um, And then it's just, yeah, it's just that schedule of, of traveling so much. And, and, you know, sometimes I, I seriously am like, what day is it? What time is it? What time are we in? What's, what state are we in? Like you just, you have to just be aware and keep up. And, and that part can be difficult, especially when you really get into the grind of it. And we've played more games than any other team in the league. So um, this first half of the season has just been crazy. It's just been go, go, go nonstop. We had our first like two days off in over a month. So it was literally like game day, game day. Um, and then for, for like two months. So it's just a grind in that aspect. And, you know, I, I hate even saying that because I'm just, I, I love it so much and I do feel so incredibly blessed to do this, but it's definitely a grind. That is like the only way to really put it. And I, I feel bad even saying that because the players have to, have to actually play and like their <laughs> bodies are putting through, put through the ringer every night, but you know, it's, it's, it's difficult in that aspect, but it's, it's what you sign up for. And, and, right. you know, I, all the time that's what they that's what they're prepared to do in life so well now that you've been with this crew for a couple of years can you share any interesting tidbits or an interesting story about eric collins i think hornets fans when they watch the game they just love his enthusiasm it feels like he has like a rolodex of sayings that he just spits out on tv it's just crazy to listen to some of these sayings that he comes up with but any interesting stories about eric collins Oh my gosh. So Eric Collins is one of the smartest people I've ever met. He's basically a walking Snapple cover. Um, (laughs) He knows every little tidbit of information you never wanted to know. He knows it. I don't know how I I, I'm pretty sure he has a photographic memory. Um, His sayings are iconic. I I show him because he's not really big on social media. So, so I always show him when people are talking about, you know, tougher than, uh, Guts of a or um, oh golly, Miss Molly, yeah. um, tougher than walrus teeth or so. I don't know as I came down because it just cracks me up during the actual games. But um, he, 
I, you know, thinking of an interesting story, there's just, it's always interesting with him just because it's, he has all this information and he loves like, for instance, before games, he does like these trivia sessions with us and he stumps Del Curry all the time. I mean, he asks, you know, what player or I don't, I don't even, I need to record them and show them to you guys. He always keeps us on our toes, make sure that we're up to date on what's the history of the team that we're playing, the history of the Hornets. He knows more information about Del Curry than Del Curry knows about himself. He's always, <laughs> telling him, Hey, this player's about to break your record. Or, you know, did you know that you're, um, you're only third all time on this list? And Del, I mean, Dell doesn't even know it. And Eric knows everything about it. So it's just, it's so funny. I love listening to him talk. And then on the reverse side, he has been such a help because he also came from the local news kind of realm. And he, you know, was the sideline reporter for Michael Jordan when he played for the bulls. So he just has such a backstory and he is so good at what he does and I pick his brain all the time. I mean, he's helped me tremendously um, just in little things that he said and, and, you know, advice that he's given me. And he's just, he's been such a great role model. I, I I'm so lucky to work with him and Dell. Um, they've just been so great. So I don't, I know some stories I probably can't tell because you <laughs> Yeah, understandable. He'd be so mad if I did, but um, yeah, he's just a great overall role model guy for sure. Yeah, I think I fell in love with Eric Collins during the 2015-2016 the season, which was his first doing TV. The oh. Detroit, Detroit Daniels game winner call at Sacramento, the, the miracle after midnight, as he likes to refer to it, uh, oh. won, won my heart for life. And I realized the, the summer after that season, I was just wandering around my house in my neighborhood just saying uh, the name Kemba and the exact cadence that Eric Collins did. And that's when I realized that, he had poisoned my brain, but in the, the best way possible. Oh, so. That is so funny. I know. We'll all be saying these stories, dreaming about them, these lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he is a treasure. Um, but so you were just sort of just talking about the, the travel that comes along with this job. You're obviously on the beat with this team. You cover them. You know, I'd be curious to know if you had any insights to share about the leadership, specifically of two of the older guys on the team, Marvin Williams and Bismack Biombo. You know, obviously this league's business, and we can understand both these guys are expiring contracts, maybe even a potential trade piece, but just sort of as the franchise is shifting from Kemba to this younger baby buzz generation, just how important has it been to have those two guys specifically around to help bridge the gap and maybe something you've seen as you've been with the team on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh yes. They are. They're so great as those leaders. I mean, I try and listen to just about every timeout that I can. And if people don't really, if they ever like look or hone in, it's Marvin Williams, it's Bismack Biombo, who are always, come on guys, come on guys. I mean, no matter what the score is, no matter what's happening, they are always the encouraging ones. I mean, Marvin is just, he is the epitome of just a good human. If you, if you don't know Marvin Williams, I mean, he is just, he's what people should aspire to be, to be a good human. He's such a good person. He has such a good heart. He cares so much about this game. He cares about his teammates, his coaches. I mean, he puts in the work. And when he was gone for those couple games um, with an injury and then he came back, you can just tell even, you know, he's not the leading scorer of the team. Um, he comes off the bench, but what he, the impact that he has on the floor, even if it's not in points, is unbelievable. I mean, you can just, I ask coaches this all the time. I ask him this, I ask his teammates this, just his presence alone. I don't know if guys like feel 
more comfortable or they feel um, motivated more when he's on. Yeah. Or motivated. I don't even know exactly what he does, but it's just his presence alone that just ignites a fire in some of these guys. And I think they just look up to him so much that they respect him so much that when he talks, everybody listens. And I was actually just talking to um, a scout sitting next to me at the game last night. And, you know, Marvin got called for something and he's not one to ever raise his voice or argue or anything like that. But he was asking the ref, you know, I don't think this happened. And I was telling the guy next to me when Marvin says something, to a ref, it didn't happen. Like Marvin would never, ever try to fight for a call that really didn't happen. If I always tell people that I'm like, if he ever gets a little bit heated, you know, something just happened and something came up because that's just not Marvin's nature. And then same with biz. I mean, he's kind of transitioned into the starting role. And, you know, I think we're seeing a Bismack that, you know, is, is some of his best. Um, I think he, he also has such a good presence down there and, and with the team and he is such a guys look up to him too. I mean, I always see him just saying encouraging words to any of them, um, making sure that, you know, they, they know what's happening and know what to do. And, and he's just, he's such a good, you know, teammate to those guys. And you can just tell immediately when just how they interact with him and how he interacts with them. So those are just two guys that the veteran leadership that they have, um, I think outweighs any, you know, being the leading scorer being whatever, you know, I know that's important too, but it, it just goes to show how important when you're such a respected teammate, how that translates on the floor. So that's, that's awesome insight. Actually, I, so I've got a two-pronged question here. The first is, is there something about this team, coaches, players, any kind of personnel that maybe fans don't realize? Can you pull the curtain back and tell us something that, you know, somebody that watches every game on TV just wouldn't know about this group? And the second one is, a little themed, um, as we fall forward to 2020 here, what's a realistic New Year's resolution for the Hornets in this, in this season? Okay. Okay. So the first question, um, about what people don't know. Um, so I, I know I'm a little bit biased cause I work for the Hornets, but I have, you know, being a sideline reporter, you kind of have 30 other friends cause you're all, you all kind of know each other in a sense. And even if you've never met you, you know, I mean, there's so many sideline reporters that I've never met them, but we talk via social media. So, um, you're kind of already friends with a lot of them and, I feel really lucky to have the team that I have because, or that to work for the team that I do, because, you know, I've heard some horror stories a little bit um, of working with some, some other teams or some organizations. And, you know, I, I'm obviously not in that situation, but I've never experienced, I mean, they're so easy to talk to anytime I have any type of story idea or anything like that. They're just so willing to talk to me and that's not normal. Um, I feel like really spoiled in that sense and you know, not every team is that easy. And so I, I like to just say how they're just regular people and humans and they're just, they're so kind and nice and, and all of them just really, love what they do. And I, I think with this team in particular, because it's coach Brego's second year and, and there are a lot of new faces, they're all just trying to kind of figure it out, but they're all in it together. And you can tell every time you're around them, they're just, they're all for each other. And it's just, 
I, I'm sure you guys have seen um, certain players probably play kind of selfishly or, or, you know, are in it for themselves and for their numbers. And I cannot say one single person on the Hornets team that's like that. They mm. are without a doubt just for the greater good of the team and the organization. And it's just, it's so wonderful to be around that because um, I'm sure that can kind of cause a toxic environment when, when players are like that or when a coach is like that. And so I think, that kind of sets them apart from other teams and, and other players. And they're just so for each other. And they're, they're in the trenches as coach Borrego likes to say, and they like to battle together in the trenches. And um, I just think that that shows so much about who they are as people and as a team. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know if that's like an insight, but it is something that I know. I notice about them a lot and being around them. So yeah, no, uh, that's good to hear, and it, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think that you know, just <laughs> from my couch, it does seem like a, a really fun group of guys, uh, a group mm-hmm. of guys that get along with each other. They go out there every night and fight. I mean, this is stuff that me and Richie and Brian have talked about. It, it does jump off the page. So that's that's good to hear. And so, regardless of record or you know where you are in the standings and where you're going to pick, uh, you know, in, in this coming uh, draft, you know. It's, it's always important for fans to have good guys to pull for. And so it's good to hear this team is full of those. Mm -hmm, For sure. And then for your second question, um, you know, I know that there are rumors about, you know, when teams like bomb and and trying to get a good draft pick and all that stuff. And for the Hornets though, like they want to win coach Borrego wants to win every single night. And so realistically heading into the new year, I mean, let's be honest, like they've already surprised people with the wins that they've, they've gotten this year thus far and Devonte graham has been the biggest surprise i think for for everyone to see so heading into the new year um you know getting more wins is something that i think is realistic and and a good goal and that's what they want too and then as far as you know maybe individuals i i i think you know player development is like coach Borrego's huge mm-hmm. initiative and, and, and the franchise is huge initiative. And they just, they're really into, cause there are such young players, you know, building them up and building, building this team. And so I know that's what they focus on a lot. Um, I mean, and it, I see it in teaching moments when things happen during the game, like for instance, with Cody Martin or with PJ or some of the rookies, like I see coach Brego pull them aside after something. And, you know, if it didn't go his way, he's not just butthurt or mad about it. He's explaining to them what happened. And I, I, I truly see, you know, his focus on player development. And I think that's going to continue in the new year and just, um, you know, trying to, teach these guys and as much as he can and um they learn from each other so much and they learn from him and they learn just from these scenarios that they're put in and um everyone's so versatile i mean roles have switched so much with with some of these guys especially some of these veterans and so it's just adapting and learning and and growing together is like the biggest thing that i feel like coach brego really harps on um I think obviously realistically more wins are in store for us. Uh, big wins. I think game winners is something that we pride ourselves on because we've had a couple of them already. So right. expect more of those coming up with the new year. And then, you know, Chicago all-star weekend, I'm saying Devonte Graham should be there personally, but that also being said, I think some of the young guys will be there in other, you know, content, right. content and aspects like that. So, um, that can be another New Year's resolution as well. 
All right, so we have some listener questions for you. Just rapid fire here, 30 seconds or less for these. Okay, okay. who is your favorite non-Hornet NBA player to watch? Luka Doncic. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's some bilingual players on the Hornets. Uh, do you speak any other languages other than English? I'm trying to brush up on my, because uh, Bismack speaks like seven languages. Wow. So I'm trying to learn as much. I know it's insane. So does uh, Billy Hernan Gomez. He speaks a lot of languages, but I don't speak fluently, but I am, my last name is Persian. Mm -hmm. So um, I can speak, my grandma doesn't speak any English. So I have to speak Farsi with her and yeah, I'm not fluent, but I can, you know, speak with her and, and understand it. Um, and then I took Spanish for a long time in, in high school. So I would say that too, but okay. not fluent. And now I'm trying to brush up on my French since we're going to Paris. Oh, that's so. right. That's right. That, that's exactly why the oh, Hornets yeah. have played the most games is because they have that like that yeah, buffer there when they go cool. off to France. So uh, question three, what has been the most exciting moment working as the Hornets sideline reporter? Do you have one moment that you can pinpoint? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Uh, Toronto last year, Jeremy Lamb, basically a half court game winning shot. That was a moment I will never forget in any of my years doing this because that was a, you know, obviously we have hit game winners this year and they're so exciting every single time in Brooklyn this year with Devonte Graham, unbelievable game. He dropped 40. That was, you know, a really good game that I'll never forget, but that Toronto game, it was just, when I say the crowd was silenced and it was such a packed out crowd, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. I, oh my, I, I it like gives <laughs> me chills thinking about it. And I just remember, you know, walking up to Jeremy afterwards and being like, okay, I'm going to come. He's like, oh, you want to interview me? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I'll interview you. So it was just that moment alone, just something I'll never All right. forget. All right. Last listener question favorite place to eat in Charlotte? And I'm assuming they don't mean like a chain restaurant here. Right. Um, that is difficult because there are, I have a list on my phone. There People tell me restaurants that I should, I'm actually pulled up right now that I need to try. But before that, I, I don't know if these are some of the chains, but like this, I think they're called Sabre or Sabre or Sa the, they're, uh, the, it's, the board. is that what it's called? Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. yeah. I get it on Uber Eats probably once a week. <laughs> Oh my God. So good. It's so good. I was like, this is amazing. Um, also Leroy Fox, right? Okay, I think I've heard that, about that. Cotswold yeah. area. Yeah, really good food there. I really like that one. And then um Eddie's place. Yep. yep. Also really like right that next one. To Leroy yeah. Fox, actually, right there. Yeah. Yes, yes. So those are a couple that I really, really like. But you know, I, I need to get out more. I'm gonna be completely <laughs> honest with you guys. I need to experience more of Charlotte. So um so that's a, a goal of mine in 2020 is to try more places. But those are some that I really, really liked so I have a far. place for all of you guys. This is like, I don't yeah. know if it's a hidden place, and obviously it's not going to be hidden anymore once what I tell you guys. But uh, <laughs> Arthur's Deli and, and Grill, it's in the uh, bottom floor of Belk in South Park. Have you guys all ever right. been there? What? Uh, Arthur's yes. Deli? Okay. Yeah, you can just go to the bottom that. floor in Belk in South Park. There's a restaurant down there. It uh, just has you know, sandwiches, you know, burgers, <laughs> and stuff like that. Uh, it seems a very, it's very hidden to me. Uh, it is. Yeah. You would not know it was there, Ricky. You're right. Yeah. I had a meeting there one time. Great place. But you yes. wouldn't know it was, it was there if somebody hadn't told you. I love sandwiches. I am so about that. Okay. I'm going to add that to my list. Very, very good. Okay. Brian or Spencer, do you guys have any last questions for Ashley before we go here? 
No, I'm just bummed as a Ra- as a Raleigh person. I can't eat at any of these these fine restaurants <laughs> that you guys just just oh. listed off here. So uh, maybe if I'm ever in Charlotte, I'll check out Arthur's Grill. But no, Ashley, thanks again for for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You guys are are awesome. So keep it up. Absolutely. Yep. No, nothing to add there. Ashley, great job. Good luck. Uh, we'll you know we'll be continuing to watch you and watch you grow in this industry. So thanks for coming on. With us. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Hope to see you at a game soon. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. Be sure that you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We wanted to thank Ashley again for joining us. For Spencer and Brian, I am Richie. Go Hornets. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.